Welcome to the Listen to This, a podcast for music lovers, by music lovers, who have absolutely no professional standing in the industry, but just kind of want a platform to talk for a bit. I'm Alex. And I'm Danny. And today's episode is going to be featuring mostly discussion on live music and perhaps even delving into covers. But first, Danny would like to talk about some stuff she's been listening to lately. Yes, so new music time. Um, so this is probably not actually like newly released music. This is just stuff that I've been finding that I have enjoyed. Um, a lot of it I get from my roommates. Each of my roommates kind of have a different uh, genre that they all listen to. And of course, mine is the edgy one. But this one, I gotta give a shout out to Abby. Um, she got me huge into Matt Mason. He came out with Cringe, which was on the radio for a while, and then Hallucinogenics. And then he also has a really good song, Legacy. Uh, they're all on the same album. In I really like the album. There's like another song that's like, I just don't care, or something like that. He just has a very good storytelling type of style, similar to Barnes Courtney, who I also adore. What, um, kind, what kind of music does Matt Mason do? It's kind of like... Like like, like alternative singer-songwriter? or Yeah, it's kind of almost like indie alternative, is the best way I can put it. Like, okay. There's definitely an acoustic guitar and some sort of drum beat, and the rest of it's just about... Kind of like the old Western... Well, I don't want to say Western, uh, but it kind of has that feel to it almost. Where it's just kind of like either talking about... <laughs> yeah, like that. that. Here. I don't know. Well, because I always compare him to Barnes Courtney. Matt Mason is the city version of Barnes Courtney. Because Barnes Courtney's kind of like... You would find him in a party in the middle of Nevada in a desert. And everybody would be wearing Converse's and leather jackets and dancing in a pool. That is quite a picture there. <laughs> I got it from uh, Barnes Courtney's music video for Kicks. Is that what is that what the video was? Yeah, okay. them partying in a desert in a pool. Oh boy. <laughs> it was great. But yeah, like, um, then Group Love is coming back, or at least she got me back into Group Love, so everybody knows them for Tongue Tied. They did a song with Weethan uh, called Upside Down. And I know Weethan from Abby, again, with Good Nights and Super Love. Really, like, it's just a really good, like, there are definitely songs you listen to in summer. Like, a night in summer, you got the fire going, everybody's, like, chilling. It's kind of like that sort of music. Okay. I, uh, I'll be honest, like, like you saying Super Love, that... That sounds so vaguely familiar in my head. I, I I probably never heard the song, but I've heard like that name before or something. Yeah, I feel like that's a very common name though for a lot of different like no. alternative songs. Maybe I don't know. I'd have to check, but I probably showed you it too for some reason. On the topic though of Danny getting names wrong, her name is Chelsea Color, not Chelsea Color. I knew I it. Looked it up, but I actually I actually like her as an artist. You talked about that one episode ago, two episodes ago, something mm-hmm. like that. I looked her up and I actually enjoyed a lot of her. I, I actually enjoyed her, like her personality in interviews and stuff. Like she's she she seems like a, like a genuinely down to earth cool person. Yeah, like she just kind of started with making music in like her room, pretty much, and just yeah. whatever she could learn to put together to make a song is what she did. And I was very impressed with her. Modern day Michelle Branch. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, everywhere, all you wanted, breathe. Goodbye to you. There's a fifth one. There's a fifth big song. Are you happy now? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay.
Okay, but actual new music time, so I don't know when this episode will be released, but uh, Pele Royale just released a new single from their The Bastards album, which is to be released pretty soon from what I've been gathering. No actual date yet? Uh... Or is it kind of a 2020 release date? Thing? Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's enough to the point they're really gearing up for it, but for the most part, either I haven't seen an official date for it or okay. it's like changing a little bit. All right. Um, they are already on their Bastards tour, though. So, so far... It's got to be soon. Yeah, man. so okay. Europe's already heard a lot of their new songs, so I'm a little salty about that. But um, yeah, so Pally Royale just released today on the 13th um, their single, Lonely. I know what the music video that it came out was directed by Remington Leith, who's the lead. He kind of did like this release on Instagram about it, about how it was about um, mental and physical abuse that he faced when he was a kid. And Yikes. like, um, I have an assumption it has to do with his father, but I'm not quite sure. But there, a lot there, of the some ba- ambiguity. Yeah, a lot of the band members—they're all brothers. They all either don't talk about their dad or they talk about their oldest brother being their father figure and everything like that. Is he also the man? Mm-hmm. Okay. He's the guitarist. It's a really good song. It's kind of a slower song. Um, very My Chemical Romance feely almost. And then so that actually kind of makes me excited to see what the rest of their album will look like. Is that the only song that's been released? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, okay. so I'm wondering if that's going to be like one of the first songs and then the rest of the album is going to be either follow that note or if it's going to be that note and then it's going to change because their sound has kind of always fluctuated a lot on a song by song basis yeah i think hang on to yourself that one will probably be on the bastards album they released it as a single like a while ago but uh the music video that was leading up to the bastards album is very poised and violent so that makes me wonder, kind of... Poised and violent. Yeah, because, oh like, the okay. setup in it is, like... The setup for the music video is very... It looks like a grand, like, ballroom. So you got the gold, you got the pearls, all these people are dressed up, like, ball gowns. It's kind of, like, masquerade You can't really see anyone's face, and, like, you listen to the lyrics, and it's talking about, like, cocaine, and, like, poppies and pearls, and all this other stuff. And then, like... You see the waiter on the tray, and he turns around, and instead of having, like, wine glasses on it, they're, like, guns. And you see, like, these old, like, guys, like, picking up these guns and laughing about it. That sounds heavy. Yeah, it was that's, weird. That's, because... like, that's, like, some purge shit right there. Yeah. Fascinating. So, that yeah, sounds... Yeah, so that's the whole setup for this Bastards album, and a lot of it has to do kind of with uh, the violence in our society, the, like, kind of the angst that, the new sort of angst that kids are feeling. It just dawned on me: Is bastards referring to themselves because mm-hmm. they, they they feel like they didn't really have a dad, or they yeah. just or okay? That's exactly what it's for. I thought I, when, you, when it was called bastards, I thought it was going to be an, an, an accusatory thing, it's like like those bastards. Yeah, no, they're bastards. literally like calling themselves bastards. Okay. Yeah, like a lot. Of, I feel like a lot of people can pull different messages out of their stuff. Like they can pull, especially like hang on to yourself. They could pull that like. Uh, Violence and facades are, like, what's wrong with today's society. They could pull out that we are focusing on too much of the finer things. We're missing, like... The, the serious things that are yeah, going on. Yeah, the serious in. things that are going on. Yeah, okay, okay, interesting. By pure coincidence, after our last recording session, I actually went down the rabbit hole just by chance of more 
Sad Boy SoundCloud rappers after we were talking about like Nothing Nowhere and stuff. <laughs> and I, I found a lot of new artists who were already fairly established in their own realm, like Fat C, 93 Feet of Smoke, Shinigami. And most of their stuff is Sad Boy. You can kind of tell they're, they're getting something off their chest. But they have other songs that are kind of party songs too. Very few and far between, like every like one song for every ten kind of thing. Uh, but then I also discovered in the alternative rock, pop, punk, punk rock, whatever you want to call it, field, uh, Bill Murray, um, specifically the Bill Murray, and not, not the actor Bill Murray. I was going to say, I really want to ask this question. Not Bill Murray. It's, it's, it's B-I-L-M-U-R-I, all one word. It's meant, it's, here's the... Here's the cover art, though. It's, like, clearly Bill Murray, like, old Bill Murray and stuff. So, like, like the, the, he's not blind to what he's doing. Yeah. But specifically the album Jaguar Shark, since so many of his albums just will, will change song, will change genres randomly, and he'll release, like, hip-hop singles, and one was, like, a weird EDM thing or something <laughs> like that. But the but the Jaguar Shark EP was was really good. Just punk rock stuff I was listening to a lot. Then uh, Lil Uzi Vert had a new album come out, and uh, I, I've spoken to a few people about it, and a lot of people aren't haven't been too impressed by it. Um, and this is, this is like a comeback album because I think Love Is Rage Two came out four or five years ago. I think I think, I think it came out in 2016. Maybe it was 2018. But he had he had then said he was done done with music. Then released one single single randomly like six seven months ago, and then he had this album come out. But there are a few standouts. Like his one of his big songs was EXO Tour Life, and he made a sequel to that called P Two on the song, which has the same melody to it, but it's it's speaking of a new message, which I thought was interesting. Uh, he also sampled Backstreet Boys' I Want It That Way oh, in one of his songs. And it, it isn't, like, amazing, but it's a fun time. I enjoy listening to it. And then I also discovered 100 Gex. Wait, what? Like, uh, okay. is it spelled out, like, 100 Gex? Or is it, like, one zero one zero zero G-E-C-S. Okay. 100 Gex. <laughs> okay. This is... So weird to me. So they are an exper- um, uh, experimental electronic duo, one from Chicago, one from LA, and they work just in 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 Logic. And some one of them will start something and send it to the other, who will add something, who will send it back, who will add something. Oh, that'd be cool. It's weird arts artsy shit though. It's the experimental <laughs> film of the music industry, <laughs> where you have to be in the in you have to primarily be in that realm already part of that crowd to get a big interest in it but for whatever reason they have a music video for their song money machine this song is less than two minutes long it starts off with so it's a girl and a guy girl and chicago guy in la i'm blanking on their names right now but if it's that important i can bring it up later i don't want to be too like negligent on that it starts off with her the music video starts off with her walking in a truck stop basically um, looking right at the camera, and she looks like an, an art girl. Uh, hopefully, that is, that, that is, that's not like an awful thing to say. And it's her voice, highly distorted, like like pitched up and distorted. Like mm-hmm. that, that's the first opening line is, "Hey, you little piss baby. <laughs> you think you, you you think you're so fucking cool, huh? You think you're so fucking tough." And then this it just derails from there. The thing is, though, it derails. The song is very catchy to the point where I'm like. Why the hell do I like this song so much? <laughs> and I so I, 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 I downloaded it and went to work the next day and blasted on the speaker that plays throughout the whole place. Oh no. And sure enough, within the first five seconds, one of my one of my employees goes, 
Alex, what the hell are we listening to? And I'm like, oh, just you wait. Within a minute, he's still going like, what the fuck is this? But he's bobbing his head along and dancing as, he, as, he's, as he's checking people out and stuff. I'm like, why is this song so catchy? I'll have to play it for you after this because it's, it's so damn weird. And then, then the last 18 seconds are literal just noise. It's, I, it's so weird, but I'd recommend checking it out. It's just... Even if, ju- even, even, even if you end up hating it, just, 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 just for, for the, the joke of it all. But anyway, I was so perplexed by when I first heard this. I'm like, I gotta talk about it. I gotta talk about it with someone. <laughs> oh man! Like they're the ones that are so catchy, and you're like, why is this in my head? Like, cause it doesn't make it doesn't have any like real substance to it. Cause so you're like, whatever. But then all of a sudden you're like singing it, and you're like, oh man, is this what joy is? That is the best way to describe it. There's no substance, and this is probably one of those bands. That's kind of the point, almost. Like, mm-hmm. like. They're just making stuff to make stuff. Because e- either for the fun of it, or maybe even almost, maybe it could be, I, it would surprise me to learn that it, maybe it's satirical almost, of like mm-hmm. pop music kind of thing, so they're like like blowing things over the top. But uh, no substance. That's it. No substance, but still some quality yeah. kind of thing. Getting into the meat of the episode, though. Live music. Not necessarily concerts like the previous episode, but, but uh, uh, CDs, live albums entirely. Now, I never was really a huge sucker for this kind of thing. I always preferred the quality of a studio recording. Mm-hmm. But I think the first song live I heard through an album was Sister Hazel's uh, Before the Amplifiers live acoustic album when they did their most famous song, All For You. The first 40 seconds isn't even All For You. It's just them doing a lot of the musical themes of All For You, but just playing it acoustically, just playing the guitar together. The two guitars is going for it. And it was really cool. Then it gets into the, the actual, probably playing in like a coffee shop. But I wouldn't really get into it until years later when you would show me Bring Me The Horizons uh, live at Royal Albert Hall's mm-hmm. video, uh, album, in particular the song Sleepwalking. Oh, that is my favorite song. Uh, that was always my favorite song from their Sepaternal album, like the studio version. And then they ended up doing... Uh, the whole live set at Albert Hall it was like a huge thing that they were posting on social media about because they recorded it and then sold it as a DVD sort of thing. Money that they got from that would go to the Cancer Trust uh, that way. Accompanied by the Parallax Orchestra, conducted by Simon Dobson, and so it has like the orchestra and the choir with it, and like the choir is what like a fifty-person choir or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's. It's insane, too. Like, I remember them posting, like, behind-the-scenes things with it and, like, them working with the choir and them talking about working with, like, the orchestra and, like, finding accompanying music for, like, rock songs. Like, they did Throne, they did Antivist. If people know what that is, that's, like, a very angsty, like, let's go out and burn some shit down sort of song. Oh, my, okay. And they had the choir behind it, too, and you're just, like, or one of those mixes that you don't, think would work but then it does but then it doesn't it sounds incredible and you're like oh okay like i can only really speak for sleepwalking it's i i i've i've seen the full video the whole the whole royal i live at royal Albert hall video online and i just kind of skipped through a few things listened to a bit but that was i actually didn't care much for bring me the horizon until you showed me the, that, that video of sleepwalking that's when i started looking into them more so at the time i was just like eh, okay whatever whatever and i wanted to find the one song again and uh it was like like haunting with the choir in the background and, and, and Oliver. And then I don't, I don't think he was part of the band, but there was definitely another guy there 
going along with the lead vocals to help Ollie throughout his set kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think it was the guitarist or anything. I think it was. Oh, it's, uh, he is a band member. He oh, does, he is? Okay. Yeah, he does the piano and kind of the electronic side of it. Okay, okay. He, Ollie's singing practices weren't the best for his voice, and I'm yeah. sure he needed help during live shows at times. Between them singing and the choir singing, like, there's no part of it that you're just not... You don't... You end up getting goosebumps, like, immediately. And you don't know if it's because of how... Like, the choir is, like, first off, how versatile Bring Me the Horizon songs are. In, the, in general, yeah, yeah. in general, to be switched like this. But also, like, having the kids screaming back and just thinking, like... Just hearing it live is probably something completely and utterly just amazing. I, I envy the people who have. Especially, well, I mean, in particular, at that show. But also, too, like, I think the reason it worked out so well... Especially with the, uh, they used a lot of songs from their Supraternal album, and then their this that's the Spirit album, and then a little bit from a lot of their like disc discography prior. There we go. No, you got Big it. You words. got it. You got. It. I'm not gonna make fun of you. you got it. <laughs> Big words. But um, so it was an interesting mix. It was like a lot of their songs from the beginning of them to how they had changed then, and a lot of their songs in my opinion, especially in the Sepaternal album, there's always that one part in the song that it's like the whole song you're holding your breath and then that's the part where you like exhale. And Bring Me the Horizon always has that one part in the song, especially Sleepwalking, Can You Feel My Heart, um, the beginning part for um, Hospital for Souls. Uh, that's a cool name. They still, it's something that they carry through, especially in That's the Spirit with Avalanche, Oh No, Follow You, and then even now with Ludens. Even in Ludens, with how pumped up and how busy that song is, there's still that one part where it's like Ollie's voice in the back, and you're just like, Oh, the sun is shining. Do you have any moments like that from Amo? Uh, yes. I can't think of the songs right now. Well, because this I, is my brain. I had actually heard, like, I I, I looked into it a bit, and, and you said you liked Amo. Oh, I, yeah, I really like Amo. But I heard it was kind of hated on because their sound was so different. Obviously, yeah. for for health reasons, their sound was different. But there's even a song where they kind of call that out, like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I'm sure you guys are gonna hate this because that's not as heavy as it used to be." Or like, like there's an actual lyric yeah. that specifically calls out in some song. It the song you're talking about is heavy metal, where they're that, like, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of making fun of. The people that are making fun of them and are dissing them and they're just like, oh yeah, like this dude in a black Dahlia shirt is saying that we're not metal anymore and it's just like, we don't care. We're, 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 <laughs> like, we're trying to make the music we want to make. Exactly. We're, not, we're, not, we're not trying to fit an image. But a lot of the time, so you asked if I feel that type of way with Amo, um, Nihilist Blues, it's not as strong in that one, but it's definitely in that one. Mother Tongue for sure. Mother Tongue is just so good. You can tell it's a love song if you, like, really listen to the lyrics. And it's not like a, like, oh, hey, girl. It's like a genuine, like, I... I spend my life with Yeah, you. like, you're my person type of song. Aw. Like, if you really adorable. listen to it, like, they're just, like... There's a lyric where they're, like, uh... Ollie Sykes did a, like, interview about it, and he was just, like, talking about the per- a girl he was seeing. I think he's still seeing her. But the story that goes with the song was that... They uh, met, she speaks Portuguese, he doesn't. So there's that language barrier, but he goes, we just connect so much as people. He goes, there was one time they like were hanging out and they like 
laid down and he goes, we just started crying. Like, we don't know why, but it was just like that moment of like the gravity of everything hit them and they were just like out of the barriers, the like how they met, them always being busy because she's a model and he's in this band. The fact that they have this language barrier and they still continuously choose each other. He goes, we just start crying. And you can really feel that in that song. That whole song is just a really long exhale. That's, I do like that. Have you ever seen the movie Love Actually? Uh, I think I've seen like a scene of it. It's, a, it's, 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 it's the second best Christmas movie, but there is a storyline in which a guy falls in love with a woman who only speaks Portuguese. <laughs> And they keep, and, and they end up coming back to each other, like 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 he leaves to go find her, and he, he manages to find her family restaurant, and Aww. he learned Portuguese for her. She she learned English for him, and it, yeah. But as, so as, as soon as you said it, I was like, wait a second, is this is is is, is Ali making something up right now? Because he just watched that is movie this or something. Love actually thing. Well, oh, okay. like how they met was um, he has the drop dead clothing line, and so they were releasing some like new seasonal stuff. And so they brought in, like, all these models to try on the clothes and stuff like that. And that's how they met. Really? And so it was when she was modeling for his clothing line. And he goes, I, like, she just seemed like such a cool person. I just wanted to, like, talk to her. And he goes, and then it just kind of grew. Are they together, though? I think so. Last time I checked, I mean, after a lot of artists came out and just said, like, we don't have personal lives, I try and, like, step back. From the interviews that I had seen and recently seen, it seems like they are still together. But no, that's cool. I, I, I like real songs like that, especially when they can pull from, from experience. Because oftentimes you think, no, is that, is, that a, is that a rock song or is it a slower song? It's kind it's of a painting. blend. But yeah, so mother tongue. It also kind of has mother tongue isn't the or, same as it, or, or love is the yeah, mother love tongue. is the mother. That's okay. what I was kind of going with. Well, that's an interesting way to do it because oftentimes, at least for rock bands or like solo artists who that's about the about a true love experience, even whether it's a love long lost or uh, love still stink or just a piano thing to make it seem more emotional. But mm-hmm. they have the whole band going into it to, and just from the snippet you played me when 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 the chorus hit in, like it's 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 an explosive feeling of like happiness almost. Yeah. And that's I'm not I'm not saying that's like a novel idea and they're the first people to do it, but I think I think that's an example of how, of how to do a heartfelt, passionate song right without needing it to be quiet, with, with, without needing it to feel like a solo act to, to to connect to one person's story. It can feel like a group thing, like or in this case, a partnership thing of of, of a marriage or of a or of a relationship that we, I have, can see now became a marriage. <laughs> Going back to the topic of live music, though, for, for, for other other stories, there is a TV show you might have heard about called, called Scrubs, a small unknown thing, but there's an episode in season eight when the janitor gets married, um, but the, they, go, they go to the janitor's wedding and one of the characters plays Outcast's Hey Ya acoustically. And I'm like, that's a this is a really good version of the song, I like this a lot. And I learned that it was inspired by... A, a YouTube video that had gone viral of this it's a band called Obadiah Parker but it was just the lead singer doing an acoustic set and one of his friends had filmed it and said are you okay if a video went viral it's a it's a low like 240p video of just a stationary camera just him playing guitar I had never really thought of Hey Ya uh, as anything remarkable I'm like it was a song that came out but when you hear it done acoustically a totally different genre from what it was before from Andre 3000's Vision the whole opening theme, my baby don't mess around because she, she she loves me so, but then then doubt comes in, and this I know for sure. 
Bud does she really want to, but can't stand to see me walk out the door. I can't stand to fight the feeling because the thought alone is killing me right now. <laughs> but thank God for mom and dad for, stick, for sticking together when we don't know how. Hey ya, hey ya, hey ya, hey ya, hey ya. Oh man, I feel like I'm seeing this song in a whole new light. I'm kind of uncomfortable. And then, and then, don't be wrong. The the, the 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 second half of the song is kind of silly. That lend me yeah. some sugar. I am your neighbor. That's just that's just Andre three thousand having that. Polaroid had to come out and be like, please don't shake it. It's bad for the Polaroid. Uh, uh, interpretation of it, but it's about like the beginning of the song is is had like. I know that that's true love, and that and, and 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 seeing what we have right now, that matches that. This must be it's just. Goes on to random chaos throughout the song, kind of random thing. Random chaos. Well, that ain't a big example of of when I was conscious of what music, uh, 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 how a genre change can really emphasize or or just just change a song, almost so to speak. I mean, growing up, I listened to Alien Ant Farm's version of "Smooth Criminal," which I didn't know was a, was a cover cover of a Michael Jackson song until I heard it later. And those are both very stylistically similar. And then I heard other other covers in that kind of genre and stuff but but hearing a live acoustic version of a of a very heavily produced pop song maybe see things in a different light but that's probably a topic i can get into way way more later <laughs> i was gonna say like my probably one of my favorite songs that i that's like a live performance song is the uh iris either from the goo goo dolls because that was a live like Facebook video going around for a long time or a very viral one going around for a long time. Then Sleeping with Sirens did a cover and they posted that one to Spotify. Really? Yeah. And it's not it's it's like one of my favorite ones to as a cover at least. Every time I hear that it's just like one of those moments where you're like, Aw, like the, I wish I was there. Yeah. It's a moment of both of being like, that's amazing and also like I'm so envious right now. Real quick, also, Boys to Men has a very nice cover of Iris. Oh, really? I have nowhere to go with this topic. I'm just going to throw that out there, though. Yeah, but Boys to Men covers Iris very well. Do you know what the song Iris comes from? No. It's a it's a movie, I believe. Oh, wait, called... with uh, uh, Nicolas Cage with in Nick it? Nick Cage. So now every time I, I hear Iris, I think of Nick Cage. No, Even... I, I, will, I will I refuse to let my brain make that connection. <laughs> you are not ruining that song I'm thinking about True Love. I'm not thinking about Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I'm thinking about cuteness, not... Like, not no, Nicholas Cage. Not Nicholas Cage and his <laughs> national treasure, like fucking holding <laughs> torches in the middle of like weird tombs. I'm not doing this. Before the Civil War, people used to say the United States are. After the Civil War, they began saying the United States is. I see. <laughs> now, I was never a particularly big John Mayer fan. I didn't hate his music by any means. Um, I really liked his song Say, but that was more for of its association with the movie The Bucket List, which makes it a very sweet song, because otherwise it's just incredibly repetitive. Say what you need to say. Just say what you need to say. Say what you need to say. Just say what you need to say. All right, John, we get it. Is it um, bad that I don't know any of his, like, I don't know the names or titles to any of his songs, but if Your I Body's hear, a Wonderland? No, I literally, if you, I have no idea what any of the songs are, but as soon as you start playing one of his songs, I'm like, oh yeah, I know this. Oh yeah, I know this. One of those artists. Yeah, yeah, I could not tell you anything else about that. But uh, around like 2007, 2008, especially more recently, he's gotten away from his acoustic pop stuff and he's gone for more blues. But around like 2007 and 2008, and especially more so nowadays, he got more into like a blues, folk rock almost kind of genre. And he has a cover of a song by Ray Charles, I Don't Need No Doctor. I don't believe he's ever had an actual studio recording of it, but on his one of his live albums he has it. And it's it's 
incredibly well done. Like, it's one of the songs that actually got me more into blues, rock and roll in general. That And one of my bosses, who loves this genre, so he's played me a bunch of songs that I love and got me into artists like Papa Chubby and everything like that. But this particular song, I actually showed him that he had never heard of, and he knew John Mayer as that pop acoustic guy, so hearing him play blues was something he was really into. So that, that that's another live song I like. But now a non-cover live song. I am by no means a Dave Matthews band avid fan. I have nothing against them, but they never avid really... Avid fan. But I, I never had anything against them, but I never really knew who they were either. Like, musically, you could have played me a Dave Matthews song, and I'd have been like, oh, okay, this is definitely music I'm listening to. Until one night when I was bartending, um, two guys who are buddies of mine, they were in, and one of them, I asked him what kind of music he listens to. I was like, hey, so, so friend B, what kind of music do you listen to? And his friend A, friend A goes, anything with a saxophone. Doesn't matter what it is, friend B likes saxophones. And I'm like, oh, really? Ha, that's funny, whatever. We go on about the night I'm working or whatever, and we're just chatting. Then at one point, friend A plays a song that has a saxophone in it. And I'm like, I actually really like this. What is it? It was a live, it was a live version of Dave Matthews Band's song, Gray Street, the uh, Fenway Park live album, Live Tracks, Volume 6, since I have it right here in front of me. <laughs> but it's incredibly well done. And I'm like, oh, okay, I like this a lot. So I went and tried to find the studio recording version of it. And I listened to the recording, and I'm like, this... This is good, but I actually like the passion of the original Gray Street. And I, I don't know if it's because it's like years later and maybe Dave became a better singer or something like that. Um, like four years after the original song was released. But there's so much like passion and power in his voice as he's singing it live that wasn't in the studio recording. I mean, don't be wrong, the audience is also cheering back at him. So you, you can like feel him getting into it. So he like... he, he he goes for like like, like like impactful notes. Like he he hits some parts really well, and it just it makes it just an entirely good experience to listen to. It's it sounds, which is weird because the song itself is actually kind of a dreary song. It's it's about losing the spark in life. Oh. Not, not not necessarily like not 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 getting depressed or anything, but just all the colors turn to gray. It's like my life's in a, in a rut. That's what the song is about. It's about watching a girl he I assume he loves fall down that that, that fall into that rabbit hole. But uh, come to think of it, saying this out loud, the the excitement and passion he puts into the live version maybe isn't isn't the best theme for a song like that. But regardless, <laughs> it's nice to listen to, and maybe it's that hopeful thing where it's like if you find yourself in the rut, like you can still get out of it. That might be it, uh, or or maybe even though I'm not the singer, I hear the audience get into it, and I'm like, yeah. So he he he's. he's so you just think if there's someone at that concert that, like, is listening to the lyrics and they're just like, yeah, dude, that's me. But then everybody's so pumped up around you that you're just like... You're still happy to be yeah, there. Yeah, you're just like, oh, I I can. There is hope for me. Like, I can do <laughs> there this. There is hope like, for me. I'm going to take this energy and do something with it. And you're just like, yeah. The last thing in regards to live music I have to talk about is... Uh... <sighs> I just thought, like, I actually had a story about how I found Sister Hazel's live thing, but it's way too late to go into that now, so I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I have one last thing to say about live music, and it's, this is very much out of left field. It is a band called Moon Hooch, and it is their Live at the Cathedral album. <laughs> Moon Everything Hooch. about that sentence <laughs> is just amazing. So, Moon Hooch is a three-piece band, two saxophones, and a, and a drummer. 
And oftentimes the saxophones will like one will stop playing and sing or talk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's jazz. It's definitely jazz. You could argue experimental because it's kind of out there a little bit, but it's still definitely jazz music. They're a band that got started in New York playing in subways, like in you know, like those those oh, uh, bustlers or uh, that's awesome. buskers, buskers, just playing music and getting and getting popular from that. And they actually got noticed. I don't know if it's noticed, but they were they were known for. At one point, they had so many people crowded around them dancing to their music that the cops had to come and like say, "Okay, guys, break it up now, break it up," because it was basically becoming a mini concert. Oh man! Which I'm like, okay, that says something. So then they got signed. They began touring. I don't know anything about their studio albums. I only really know this one live album. Um, but doing some research on them, I see that they're very much they're environmentalists. They're 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 social activists and stuff for one one thing or another. But they're mostly just about making weird, fun music mm-hmm. with their interpretation of jazz kind of thing. Because it doesn't like swing. It's like Milwaukee should oh, invite them out to jazz in the park. Well, they actually played at uh, 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 Black not Black Rose uh, Miramar. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, a buddy of mine actually went and saw them and said they were great. Oh, man. This is like three years ago. Yeah. But, I mean, the Miramar has been picking up a lot. Like, yeah. They had, like, Seven Lions come through and stuff like that. And, like, emo... Par- anyway. <laughs> different tangent, different day. <laughs> if I had to describe their music, and I don't say this in any sort of degrading way, or... And, no, I don't intentionally say it in any sort of degrading way. It would be like if Dubstep left electronic and went to jazz. Ooh. So this is I, I've, I've had this album for like two years now. It came out in 2017, but I discovered it in 18. Um, I haven't looked into anything else. Moon Hooch. Uh, I, I shouldn't say I haven't looked into them. I've, I've I've listened to like you know little snippets of some songs, but I, at the end of, at the end of trying to look into them of this album I've had for two years now, I realized I didn't want anything else by Moon Hooch. Mm-hmm. I just wanted this one album, this one this one great album live thing. It's a lot, lot, lot of fun. You can tell the band members getting into it. You can hear some cheers and a few of the pieces. And I'm like that's that that that's that's all I want right now. I'm not I'm not actively seeking out a new artist. I'm not trying to dive deeper into just just being a big fan. I just want this one album to be special to me for what it is for being for being the sole piece I have from this band called Moon Hooch. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing I'd have to say is um, between bands who play live and release like that sort of live album to. Um, pretty much compare with their studio album. I think the king of live performances would actually be Queen. Like, between Queen and Ramstein, okay. I got into... Um, I know, I don't know why I do that. <laughs> I got into enjoying live performances because my dad used to have, like, um, this whole live Ramstein concert on DVD. And so that's what I started getting, like, really enjoyed the aspect of concerts, getting to see these people perform live, getting to see these antics, like how they incorporate their music videos, how they incorporate like different theatrical things to keep each concert going. And then it was like a little bit later, I got introduced to Queen. And and I've heard their live shows were legendary. (laughs) Exactly. Like that every time any adult who is alive when Queen was in their heyday, compare it to like the golden age of like when music was at its top of concert going yeah like what was their big concert their big live show oh was it was the live i think it was a live aids performance um i, I read, all i know is that it's where the movie bohemian rhapsody ended yeah. with that concert at, Wem- at wembley yeah, yeah live aid um yeah a lot of <laughs> a lot of the songs i have saved from queen are a lot of their live 
Live Aid performances. Really? Yeah. And then going to see Bohemian Rhapsody and seeing, like, their way of showing it, it just made it so much fun to listen to. Because they were saying, like, Freddie Mercury was just so good at controlling these crowds. Like, he was so theatrical. He'd move around and he couldn't help but see what he was going to do next. You have, like, the band just going ham in the background. Like, everything about them was what I think a lot of bands try and keep alive today when they try and do live performances. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, if we're going to talk about live performances, we have to give a shout out to Queen. For sure. We were obviously after their time, but the fact that that to this day we can talk about it and even know about it, that's that's something for for a legacy like that. What what about Ramstein then? Uh, Ramstein was just... Stanstein. I'm probably saying it wrong because it's heavily German. Chelsea, yeah. (laughs) I don't know why my brain still does that. I think seeing the Ramstein performances really kind of made me appreciate live music. Yeah. Because even though, like, you know, it's this recorded thing and stuff like that, you still get to see how much effort these artists have to put into making a show for people. And how much more personality they can have sometimes. And how much the crowd enjoys it. Because I love concerts for the crowd. Like, I like to go see bands, but sometimes if you're waiting for, like, the main band to come up, and you're, like, meeting these, or seeing these bands that you've never heard before, it's so much more fun to, like, see how hyped this crowd gets for them, who knows them, who likes their music. So it's just... You're just having a good time being surrounded by people who are having the time of their life. Exactly. Like... I know now. I know kind of why people who attend concerts are like happier because that atmosphere is just so, like, it's amazing. And it's and it's addictive. Like you want to go to more shows because you want to feel that way again. Oh uh, yes. You, we, we might know that you especially might know a thing or two about that. I yeah. Every time I kind of try and go to a concert, especially, I don't even really need to know the band completely. Like um, Mr. Wives. I know enough of their stuff that I was like, yeah, I'd go see them, but I was more or less going for Paris. Paris, yeah. But I was like, yeah, I'd go see them, and they were so much fun. Yeah. Like, they played Reflections, and that's the only song I knew from them. But I was having so much fun before that song even came on, and it was just because of the crowd having so much fun. So I think to... And they were opening for Paris, right? Yeah, they were. Okay. So seeing all the aspects of a live performance... Whether seeing it or hearing it and hearing how much fun the people are having, I think is probably why I like live performance songs just a little bit more than the studio. That makes sense. That's actually a very, very good note to end on, but I just want to say I think I have two DVDs of, I have a lot of like band, like behind the scene toury stuff. I think the only live concerts I have are one of Newfound Glory and one of Good Charlotte. Ooh, Good Charlotte would be cool. And it was after Young and the Hopeless came out, so it was, you know, it had, they played the anthem, they played Boys and Girls, the classics, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. I think I've only seen them once, and I'm pretty sure it was at Wart. They're, uh, they played, like, all of their classics, and it was so cool to see live. Their newest album, I think it's RX is their newest one, was kind of lame, but their album before that was good, because that had a 40-ounce dream. <laughs> Oh God! Um, but then, like, like Joel Madden's been doing a lot, and a Good Charlotte was also featured on the Pixels soundtrack. Yeah, the really? movie Pixels. Yeah, they, they did the theme with uh, "Walk a Flock of Flame." Game on. Oh God! It's a good song. 
Oh, no. In any case. Uh, they're becoming a dad band. Oh, I think Good Charlotte's achieved dad band status. They're all in their 40s, and they get, like, like they're they're growing facial hair to look, like, tough, but you can see the gray in it and stuff, especially for Joel and Benji. Well, that's a very pleasant note to end things on. This this episode is a bit shorter than the other two, but, uh, we this, this, this was mostly just us storytelling. We, we, we had the anecdote of, here's a live thing I know, then went on, on just tangents yeah. and all that stuff. But and, hopefully we give them some new music to listen to, and in turn they give us some more, because I am always in the market for more music. Literally always. Same for me as well. Okay, uh, do we have anything decided for next episode? Do you want to do covers or music videos? We still haven't talked about music videos yet, even though we both have a billion things to say. Yeah, probably I think music videos will be our next one. It'll be our next one? Yeah, we just have the homework of putting together playlists to post on social, which will be fun. That'd be rad, actually. I'm, I'm cool with that. Okay, but thank you all for listening. Three episodes in, hopefully we were, we're starting to seem like we're getting the hang of this thing. This this episode is, is pretty indicative of, of what, what what we actually wanted the show to be, just having a theme to talk about, but then just going off on our on our little tangents. So so thank you for, for enduring that and listening to us <laughs> excitedly babble on about what we love. But <laughs> thank you for listening. I'm Alex. And I'm Danny. And we'll see you guys next time. Still an